0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Graham Ashcraft looks like a force to be reckoned with on the mound. Tom Nichols from the Dayton Dragons is here to talk about him and some other exciting prospects on today's Locked On Reds.
1: You are locked on Reds. Your daily
2: Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. All right, for today's Locked On Reds, Steve and I are joined, and we have the privilege of being joined by Tom Nichols from the Dayton Dragons. Tom knows all things Dayton because he's been covering the team for quite a while now as the play-by-play guy. We've had him on before, so firstly, Tom, how are you doing, sir?
2: Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me today, guys. Appreciate being with you.
0: I'm very glad to have you back on the show and and we've got a lot to get to because this was a great year. This past year, uh, Dayton switched from low A to high A and things like that which we'll cover here in just a moment but you also got the chance to see a number of very interesting prospects. Some guys that the Reds are really going to look to kind of hinge their future on and there was one dude in particular. He kind of rose up the rankings. He was a firecracker as far as Reds fans were concerned, as far as prospects fans were concerned Graham Ashcraft he pitched a little bit there in Dayton what was your take on how well Graham was pitching
2: well you know he had uh Jeffrey had the the great stretch of innings without giving up an earned run and uh you know he had come out of um UAB didn't have great numbers in college but was a pretty high draft pick and a lot of that was based on just a great power arm and the, I think the first thing that maybe was an example that there was something about this guy that was a little bit special was that the Reds brought him to spring training just simply because he had such a big arm. And they wanted the major leaguers to get, get an opportunity to face a guy with big league stuff, which was a little unusual for a guy that had only played um, one season of rookie ball at Greenville in the Appalachian League to then be brought to big league camp. Um, and, and and for the reason that was given, so we we, we didn't know what would expect. Uh, what to expect? We 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 figured it, it'd probably be. And and I go back to. You can sometimes take with a grain of salt things that you hear about velocity until you actually see them the first time. Most of the time, the numbers will be exaggerated, and you'll and you'll 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 hear peak levels of velocity that maybe. Maybe the guy reached one time in Arizona in a perfect environment and you get him and he's four or five miles an hour below that. And you say, "Okay, well, here's what we're really looking at. They tell us this guy throws 98, but really he's a 93, 94 kind of guy. Now, the the exception to that rule would have been Hunter Green. I can go back to 2018 and I can remember sitting there waiting for the, 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 the first game to begin. He, he was not our opening night starter that year. They, they took some pressure off of him. They, they let the season begin. And he started, I think, our fourth or fifth game. And I remember sitting there that afternoon thinking, OK, how hard is he really going to throw? Because we had heard, you know, 100 commonly. Um, and we'd actually, the organization, the Dragons organization, had gone to an extra expense of several thousand dollars to install a truly accurate radar gun in the ballpark, which a lot of minor league parks didn't have. But I'd gone to our president, Bob Murphy, and said, you know, all the focus this year is going to be on Hunter Green, and everybody's going to want to know exactly how hard he's throwing. And it's important that we have a a good, accurate representation that's not misleading, because you'll go to some minor league parks, and they might be five, six miles an hour off you'll see a hundred pop up there and it'll be 94 in, in, in actuality. So we didn't want that. So, and and Bob Murphy's very good about understanding. He'll spend the money if he understands the, the, the need and he agreed that that was something we needed to do. So it was several thousand dollars of expense to improve our, our situation so that we knew to, to the exact number, every pitch. And, and that was something we did for the 2018 season. We're still there. So anyway, getting back to the story i think you know it's an april night it's a monday night it's 40 degrees outside my guess is his first pitch will be about 95 uh, and uh, so the game starts the first pitch comes in and i immediately look up at the scoreboard and i see 100 up there his first pitch out of his hand was 100 miles an hour and i knew that was accurate again and eventually he topped out at one Oh two with us and uh, his final start that year, 2018. So he was the exception. Most of the time, it doesn't work that way. So I didn't know about Ashcraft. So we get Ashcraft and, and uh, he, he had a game early in the year in, in, 2021 where his first pitch was 99. He never hit a hundred for us. He's, he's a max effort kind of pitcher. He's going to throw his fastball. Every pitch he throws when he uses his fastball, he's trying to throw it as hard as he possibly can. Uh, in, in, in comparison to Hunter Green, who's got kind of a smooth, easy delivery. Um, Ashcraft is what scouts refer to as a max effort guy. Every pitch out of his hand is as hard as he can possibly throw the ball. He's like trying to throw it through a brick wall. And, and it was very effective. He, he had a stretch with us where he had, I think, I believe it was – four consecutive starts without giving up an earned run and he got moved up to Chattanooga. And so you wonder, okay, well, how's he going to do against a higher level of competition? And he went there and I think the first two or three starts were pretty much exactly the same thing as he'd done in Dayton, no earned runs against double A hitters. So, so that told you Ashcraft is now moved up from being a guy that some would say would be maybe a top 20 prospect possibly to a, definite top 10, maybe even a top five. Um, so so that was uh, what that, that stretch of games did for him. And he was consistent through the rest of the season, had a really good year. I would expect, you know, with, with if he continues, you'll see him in AAA Louisville and hopefully maybe come September if things go well, maybe even a step up higher. So um, that, that was a good year. Ashcraft went from, being a rookie pitcher in the Appalachian League in 2019 to being a double-A pitcher, a jump you almost never see, that kind of a jump over over one season, uh, but he did it.
1: Just wrapping up uh, the thought on Ashcraft, I, I wonder, Tom, what's your, uh, your thoughts on where he would slot in, I guess, uh, if he were to continue that that type of fast rise to Cincinnati. Uh, you know, we haven't heard his name mentioned as one of those rotation type arms uh, that are trying to, to break through with the big league club. Uh, do you see him slotting in the bullpen or do you think he could battle and uh, enter the conversation for the big league rotation?
2: Good question. And I'll give you the answer that pitching coaches usually give me when it comes to any pitcher that is a question mark between starter and reliever. And when it comes down to what they'll tell you, pitching coaches will say and scouts will say the same. It comes down to the third pitch. Does he have a good enough third pitch that he can use it so that when you go multiple times through the batting order, he can show hitters something that they haven't seen? If the third pitch, which for him would be the changeup, does it come along well enough that that he feels like he can use it um, and it's effective enough that he can use it, he'll be a bullpen guy. And in that case, I mean, <laughs> he can come in and just, as they say, absolutely blow cheddar for, uh, you know, an inning. And, and uh, he's going to be in the high 90s and and uh, uses his, his breaking ball is a good pitch. I mean, he's got a good breaking ball. Um, Changeup is the third pitch. That'll determine – can he be a starter and be a guy that's a five, six, seven inning guy, or is he going to be a one or two inning guy using the fastball and the breaking ball? He's got a good breaking ball. When he throws it for strikes, it's a very good pitch. Make no mistake about it. He's not just a fastball only kind of guy. He's got a good breaking ball, but he needs a third pitch to be a starter, at least a pitch he can go to occasionally. Not, 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 you know, um, Uh, an equal, certainly not an equal representation of all three pitches, but a pitch he can show occasionally that third pitch.
1: We are well into the new year and we're working on those new year's resolutions. And if you're like me, you're reaching the part in your fitness goal where you really need some candy. You're really looking for some chocolate. Uh, You're really just basically looking to to dive right back into the sweet stuff. And that would mean blowing your goal, blowing the diet, blowing that resolution. But what if I told you that you could have both? You can have both if you head over to built.com right now and get yourself a Built Bar. Uh, Built Bar has some amazing stats. So we're all about stats here at the Locked On Reds podcast. And those stats are 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein, and all of that coated in 100% real chocolate. Sounds too good to be true, but it is not. And it gets even better. If you head over to built.com right now and use the promo code locked 15, you're going to get 15% off of all your entire order. It's going to help you get through those cravings. It's going to help you maintain your uh, intestinal fortitude to stay on that diet and really uh, attack those fitness goals that you've set for yourself in 2022. So head over to built.com, hit those flavors. The cherry barcia is my personal favorite. Uh, It it is as wonderful as it sounds. And again, use that promo code lock 15 to let them know that Jeff and I sent you from here at locked on reds.
0: That's an interesting thought because I know a lot of folks are talking about the possibility of him contending for maybe even a bullpen spot at some point this season, but that almost makes me believe that it'd probably be better for him personally if he spends a lot more time at AAA to develop that changeup because obviously a starting pitcher is more valuable than any good bullpen pitcher, so hopefully he could do that.
2: Well, that'll be a key for him, and and, uh, that's, I'm sure, going to be part of the plan. It's hard. In the minor leagues, I think one thing that a lot of fans that follow the prospects have a, I'll say, an advanced understanding of a a lot of things that go into the game. But one thing a lot of people do sometimes, I think, misunderstand is they think that all the minor league games are kind of like just instructional league games. And, And that's not really the way they're played. There is an instructional league in the fall, but when you get into the season, And you've got 8,000 fans out there. No player wants to, you know, get his brains beat in as a pitcher. If he doesn't have confidence in the pitch, it is hard for the pitching coach to convince him to use it, even in a minor league game. He's got to work on that in the bullpen, on the side, between starts, to get it to a point where he's got enough confidence, even in a minor league game. There's not many minor league pitchers that are willing to go out there and just see their ERA take a beating because they're trying to work on a pitch that's not a good pitch. So he's got to get it to a point where it's usable in the minor leagues. And uh, and again, that'll be in spring training, uh, on the side between starts, and so forth. And then mix it in some during the games. And he did hear uh, some, but um, it's just not a consistent pitch yet. But he's you know he's got a ways to go, and he's a guy that's had some injuries. At the college level, so he, he didn't come out of college with, you know, 300 innings on his arm. He, he, he had one year, really, where he was a full-time guy at college level. And that was his last year at UAB 2019. Uh, he had been, I believe it, but my memory's correct, I think it was at Mississippi State for a couple of years. Had uh, had some injuries there and uh, and then transferred on to UAB, which is his home state.
0: He is a guy that's been on the forefront of a lot of Reds fans minds as he's been moving through the minor leagues this past year. Another guy who they have just recently drafted and a lot of national, uh, minor league pundits are really speaking high praises of this fella. He's Matt. Don't call me John McClain. Uh, how does he look at the shortstop position? What you've got to see from him this past season? Uh,
2: good enough that he's worth continuing to watch there. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm probably a, a pretty rough grader when it comes to infield or anywhere defense. Um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm rather particular, and if you were to ask, if people that know me would probably say he expects a little more defensively out of guys than, than, than maybe what most would expect. So if I tell you that a guy can't play defense – um, there's been some Dayton infielders over the years that, that have gone on and I've said, this guy can't play shortstop. Um, sometimes I've been wrong and sometimes uh, as the player continued to improve, he did show that he could play that position um, and other guys moved on to different positions. Um, I thought McLean played certainly well enough to, to continue to, to give him a chance there. Um, uh did he look like Omar Vizquel? He's probably not going to be that kind of a shortstop, but um, he played, he, he was not a, a, a guy that hurts you. He was not a guy that was a weakness at that position. Um, he was not a player that you look at and say, um, we got to immediately find someplace else he can play because he's not going to be a shortstop. Um, that the one thing about McLean that, that surprised me a little bit, guys, um, it was that as I looked at his scouting report, uh, and then I saw him play. The one, the one tool that I would say was most um, undersold was his speed. He can really run. Um, a guy, another guy that was the same player here that you heard uh, about him as a player coming in, and then you saw him play was Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel. Senzel, when he's healthy, Nick Sinzel can fly. He can play center field. He can run. McLean's the same kind of a guy he can really run out there and um, he's not an average runner he's a well above average runner and that that'll help him that was the one thing that surprised me the most smart kid very good attitude hard worker doesn't have any of that what I used to call first round itis which is the attitude that it's sort of a sense of entitlement he doesn't have that he's gonna Sinzel didn't either Sinzel played like a like a guy that was a 30th round draft pick trying to earn a spot on a roster. And 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 maybe that's part of why he's had as many injuries as he had, as he plays the game so hard. Um, and, and and McLean is another guy that's going to play hard, work hard, doesn't have that sense of entitlement that some guys will have that you'll see. And those guys usually don't make it at least don't, don't fulfill the potential that others have, have felt they could. But, but uh, again, keep in mind, he's only played really, Um, I think, what, six weeks or so um, of professional baseballs. So um, there's a lot to decide there. I would expect he'll be the shortstop in Chattanooga. I would expect, now that's just me guessing. I a talk to Sean Pender of the Reds, but I would expect that uh, just if they stick with what they typically have in past years, McLean would move to to Chattanooga. Our shortstop would probably be the Torres kid that they drafted in uh, what I think the – I'm looking at my notes here. I think Torres was taken in the uh, third round out of uh, North Carolina State, was looked at as the top defensive shortstop in the whole draft. I would think there's a good chance he's our shortstop in Dayton next year. Um, unless, you know, maybe they would decide to send McLean back to us to start the year. That, that could be a possibility as well. We'll see. But uh, he played pretty well here. I mean, he hit, he hit better as, uh, as the season went on. Uh, he had his best. He had his best game the first game of the year. Um, I think he had a four-hit night, including a home run, his first game with us. And uh, and and then he had his, a, a real good last week or so of the season, and and played uh, played fine during the interim as well. So um, he, he's a guy that's going to be interesting to watch. I, uh, I look forward to seeing what he can do over a full season in 2022. We're
0: going to talk about Reese Hines here in just a moment and see where he's going to start the season or at least get Tom's take on that. Before we talk about that though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. You can head on over there today and take advantage of our promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag wants to wish you a happy new betting year as you take advantage of amazing lines on the NBA, the NFL playoffs, the NCAA football season is completely over now with the national championship game so there's nothing there but you can jump on some college basketball lines as well as nhl ufc boxing and your favorite vegas casino games check them out today at betonline.ag and set up your profile with that promo code locked on and start your bank roll off in the right direction with a 50 percent welcome bonus you can trust betonline.ag because it's the only online sportsbook that I trust head on over there today and set up your profile with that promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag where the game starts.
1: All right, let's finish up our conversation with Tom Nichols. You know, Torres's name is, is a name that has come up a lot. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you bring him up as well. There's one other guy that I wanted to get your opinion on. And, and obviously, um, You know, I'm not asking you to reveal insider information or anything, but, uh, I've really been trying to keep an eye on Reese Hines and I wonder what the odds are that he starts the season with you folks in Dayton versus opening the year down in Florida.
2: Good question. I, I, I don't have any insight to give you. So I, I'm just guessing my guess would be, um, there's a good chance that he, he would be our opening day, third baseman. Um. Um, again, that's just a guess. Just look, looking at looking at, and, and my basis for that is is just experience over the years of looking at what the Reds expect to, a guy to do to move him up to the next level. And even though he had injuries last year, he played well enough that I think that there, there's certainly some justification that could be made if they think he's ready to move him up. Now, I will say this this is one of the things that I'm, I'm a big believer in. And, and it sort of is in conflict with, again, a lot of the, the prospect type fans who follow the game closely. A lot of times they are really, really tied in with um, numbers in the minor leagues. And, and they will say, uh, for example, if a guy can hit this, if he can OPS this, then that means he deserves to move up. doesn't work that way really. Um, what what will determine whether a guy should move up is does the organization have confidence that he can do the things at the next level that you'll have to be able to do to be effective. It doesn't necessarily, you could have a guy that had an OPS of 900, but he's just pounding guys that can't get the breaking ball over the plate. So they're, they're one pitch pitchers. And as he moves up to the next level, those kind of guys aren't going to exist. So, He's not. He, he's got to be able to do the things that players at the next level can do. So it really doesn't have anything to do with – it has something to do with stats. Stats are maybe a, a symptom of the overall picture, but the organization needs to have confidence that as they look at the competition at the next level, his game has gotten to a point that his development level will allow him to, to – to, to compete with what guys can do at the next level. Because as each level you move up, guys fall out. That's why there's not always a a perfect evolution process. Okay, guy hits 300 in rookie ball. That means he's gonna hit 290 in low A, 280 in high A. Doesn't work that way. Certain guys will get, get real healthy against certain types of pitchers. But as they move up and face tougher competition, they just can't make the jump. Um, other guys, uh, their, their their skill level allow them to make that jump. So Hines, we'll see. Again, I haven't talked to, to Sean Penn or anybody with the Reds about it yet. I will eventually. Um, but I would, I would look at what he did last year, even though he missed some time with an injury. He was a second-round pick in 2019. Tremendous power as a, as a, as a uh, young high school draft pick in 2019. Um, was in their their summer camp in 2020. Um, and, uh, played well at times. I think he uh, was the, uh, Reds batter minor league batter of the month for maybe August, if I'm not mistaken, of 2021, one of the months late in the year, he was their batter of the month. And, uh, so that's a guy that I, um, I would say has a good chance of coming here. And, and, and if they want to keep him at third base, of course, as you know, uh, if you followed him, there's been talk of moving him to a new position, um, and I'll be glad to, if he comes here as a third baseman, I'll be glad to give you my thoughts uh, after uh, a month or so of of uh, what I see defensively.
1: Well- all right. What a great time we had talking to Tom Nichols, a lot of great information in there. Uh, we're going to pick up with part two of that interview tomorrow. So make sure that you have hit that subscribe button wherever you are getting this podcast. So you don't miss out on the second half and any future episodes to come Uh, really great time talking with Tom. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, give me a follow on Twitter. I'm at S often You can also follow Jeff Carr. That's at Jeff Carr. Jeff with three Fs as he likes to say, uh, It's going to be a great follow-up tomorrow. Don't forget to click that subscribe button. Uh, We're going to be talking about the future of the Reds and whether or not it's as bright as we all think it is. Uh, Don't miss out on that. Uh, We're in the middle of the off season and we may be locked out, but we're locked on Reds every single day.